On today's episode, Noah and I are back in the driver's seats as Thomas may or may not have coronavirus. We also get into the breaking news of Carson Wentz getting traded to the Colts, what this means for them as a contender for the AFC. We also get into Fernando Tatis, his 10-plus year contract with the San Diego Padres, and we discuss why MLB teams insist on giving their players decade-long contracts and all that before a very special edition of NCR. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know that the Bonafide Scrubs podcast is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Okay, so Noah and I live on the East Coast, and that can make it harder for us to watch some of our favorite out-of-market teams. I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan. He's a Seattle Seahawks fan. Now we can watch any team, regardless of market, with no restrictions, thanks to ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that encrypts your data and allows you to change location, tricking sites into thinking you're located somewhere else. You can use ExpressVPN to stream all sports, NFL, NBA, MLB, you name it. ExpressVPN works on all devices from smartphones, tablets, computers, and even smart TVs. It's incredibly easy to use. Just fire up the app, choose a location, and hit connect. To save money and watch all the games you want, just visit expressvpn.com slash scrubs to get an extra three months free. That's expressvpn.com slash scrubs to get three months free. Thanks again to ExpressVPN for sponsoring the show. You know what time it is. Yeah, you know what time it is. This man was a bona fide scrub. It's Friday, Friday. <laughs> Welcome back. Noah Levine, Will Swanky, as usual. And Thomas is not here. Our producer, he is sick. He might have coronavirus. We're not sure. He had a bad fever. He cannot join us today. But uh, I, Will, you know that song that I was singing? I know. It's, that's a throwback. That's like a, that's so, I know. That, that song, it might be, I think it's over 10 years old at this point, which is so. I th- so I think no. it was 2011. I looked it up before I uh, decided to sing that because it is Friday, February 19th. And I remembered that song. My mom always used to play it in the car on Fridays when she took me to school, like in middle school. And really? Stuff. It, she, yeah, she likes it. And she put it on. So uh, uh, you, you yeah, listen that's to that unironically. That's that's something not a lot of people ever did. I wanted to uh, pay homage to that by saying it to start this show. Yeah, well, Thomas is not here. I mean, it, you, it's crazy. You bring in the kid for a week and then he gets Corona right after. So the producer. Yeah. The producer's not producing. I'm the only one on this show who has not missed a show. I, I even did a solo one. You missed. Thomas missed. I still have a a, a, a leave day available to me. Maybe I'll have to take All that right. if school gets hectic in the future. But uh, I don't know. I want to. I gotta keep the streak going. Like Eli Manning, two hundred straight starts. I gotta get. I gotta surpass that. I gotta. I'm yeah, worried. Episode sixty nine now. You're at sixty nine straight starts, and this is. I mean, this is an important episode for no other reason than it's a meme number. So I feel like we have to. I mean, you did a good job. You opened it up with a meme. I feel like this is gonna be a good episode. Last episode, I wasn't so convinced. You know, that wasn't one of our best products. I think so. Episode 69, we could step our game up. Unfortunately, it's just the classic two-man vehicle today. So we wish Thomas the best. He should hopefully be feeling better by next week. But you never know. He didn't test positive, but he just has a he fever needs to get and a tested. cold. Yeah. yeah. It's unfortunate. All right. Well, we got some big NFL news to start off with. Carson Wentz is an Indianapolis Colt. 
he was traded for a second and a third rounder. And that's pretty huge because we, I think we both agreed that he was going to be a Colt eventually. We just didn't know when it was going to happen. Uh, I remember you brought up that he could go to the Dolphins, but clearly uh, they didn't want to do this. They Maybe they liked Tua or maybe they want to just trade for Watson since they have good assets. But I think this is a steal for the Colts. You didn't have to give up a first rounder. You, re, you reunite Frank Reich and Carson Wentz together, which uh, led the Eagles to the Super Bowl, even though Wentz technically didn't play in the playoffs. Frank Reich was that offensive coordinator in Wentz's uh, so-called MVP season where he got hurt at the end of the year. And I know he was bad this past season in Philly. Doug Peterson was bad. There was injuries. Uh, I just, it was just a bad team. I'm not going to put the, hold that completely against Wentz. And the Eagles are starting fresh, just like the Colts are starting fresh here because they got rid of Philip Rivers. I, I don't know. Did he? I don't know. If he retired, right? I think he retired. Yeah, he's gone. So they're bringing in Wentz, and I think with some time they're going to be a bona fide contender. They do not have a left tackle. Anthony Costanzo retired. And clearly you need a good left tackle to be a contender because we saw what happened with the Chiefs having a backup left tackle in the Super Bowl. So the Colts GM, Chris Ballard, he has to sort that out. But it's certainly an upgrade, a quarterback from Phillip Rivers, I think. And I think Wentz is going to have a bounce back season under his old OC. They have a solid O-line. Uh, maybe the receivers aren't the best, but they have a lot of tight ends. And Jonathan Taylor, your boy, emerged at the end of the last season. So they sort of have the passing and the run game going. Um, they'll have that going next season for them. Yeah, then the Colts, look, they're a good team. They went 11-5 and five in the regular season and played the Bills very closely in their one playoff game. I mean, they only lost 27-24. to 24. Buffalo was a great team, and people thought that they could make and win the Super Bowl. And the fact that they were able to play them so closely in their first round clearly shows that this Colts team throughout the course of the season got a lot better and was ready to face one of the AFC's better teams last year. And I will say that this game, the fact that they lost wasn't really Phillip Rivers' fault. He had a great game. I mean, he had over 300 yards and two touchdowns. Just some probably some bad uh, coaching decisions in this game were the reason why uh, it ended up coming down so close and it just slipped away. I remember us reacting to it after that weekend and we said that the coaching staff probably made some mistakes which is the reason why they lost but now bringing in a Carson Wentz like this team I think it really is one of the better teams in the AFC now if they get the old Carson Wentz now that's a big caveat and we don't know if that's going to happen I mean look over the past two years Wentz really hasn't looked like himself especially this past season it's by far the worst year of his career so there's a lot of things that come into play here when trading for a Carson Wentz. I think the potential for him to have at least a competent season is there and it's likely, but I mean, there's a reason why his price was so low and there's a reason why the Eagles were willing to give him up. It's just that he had an awful season. And part of that is the Eagles offensive line is terrible. So when you talk about the fact that the Colts don't have a real good left tackle or uh, I mean, they had a, a pretty good, offensive line in terms of the run game but in terms of the passing game uh it's still pretty questionable so i think that is something they're going to have to fix for carson wentz in order for him to have success i mean any quarterback really needs a good offensive line uh to have a lot of success and then just some other weaknesses of their team i think their receiving core no we can agree is probably in like the bottom third of the league ty hilton is a 
unrestricted free agent. He's probably not going to get re-signed unless they just bring him in for nothing. I mean, as you like to say, he's basically dust at this point. So he's like 35 Eugene, years old. He's not. Eugene, Eugene is dust, yeah, yes. Not uh, not where it used to be. Uh, Zach Pascal is decent. I don't think anybody thinks he's even a number two, maybe. And Michael Pittman, he's coming into his second year. So they have those two guys at least, but they're probably going to need to at least draft somebody or sign somebody or do something to give Wentz some weapons. In terms of the rest of their team, their defense was one of the best in the league last year. And that's really the most important thing, as we saw in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl, being able to get stops and put pressure on the other team's quarterback and just shut down explosive offenses is a formula to win. And then to talk about the run game, Jonathan Taylor, that's my boy, uh, probably the third best rookie or fourth, if you want to include Joe Burrow last year. So they have a lot of potential. I mean, look, this team, its ceiling is to win the whole thing. Its floor is having a really bad Carson Wentz and sort of limping through the year. But last year, they were they were a better team than I had expected with sort of a questionable Rivers. And Carson Wentz is more talented than Phillip Rivers and certainly at this point in his career is probably a better quarterback. So the likelihood that the Colts are just as good as last season or if not better is high, but there's just a, a gigantic question mark when it comes to their quarterback and the good best version of Carson Wentz is top notch, but the, the, the floor is, is, you know, bottom third of the league. Yeah, if Carson Wentz is really bad again, they'll probably win like six or seven games. But as I agree with your ceiling, they could win the whole thing. I mean, I, honestly, uh, maybe in August, if how their draft goes and how I'm feeling, maybe I'll pick them to come out of the AFC in August, honestly. I mean, they have the ingredients to take down the Chiefs. They have a good run game. They play good defense. And if Wentz can make some plays, I mean, that's the formula to being the Chiefs. The Browns almost did it, the run game and the defense. And Baker made a few plays wasn't his fault they lost really Higgins fumbled and they obviously screwed up uh guard stopping Chad Henney on that fourth down but yeah the Colts there Carson Wentz he was really bad last season 15 interceptions 16 touchdowns that's not good but the year before 2019 2017 he's seven picks and remember he, he dragged that horribly in the injured Eagles team to the playoffs to a 9 a record division. yeah I mean if he could put up 27 touchdowns with the Colts, I, I'm going to assume they're going to win 12 games because their team is way better. But yeah, they need another receiver. The good thing is they didn't give up a first round pick. And, and it makes me wonder if any other teams really inquired about Wentz. Did, like, I feel like the Bears, maybe they could have gone him if they given up the same thing, obviously, or if they gave a first. But I, I mean, the Colts snatched him a first. Good for them. Uh, the Bears, are, I mean, if Carson Wentz is really good and the Bears miss out on Watson. They're going to look back at this trade, and, and it was a mistake. They did not offer or try to get Wentz because Trubisky ain't it, clearly, for them. Yeah, let's compare this Wentz trade. I mean, let's compare it to the Jared Goff trade of the same offseason. I mean, the Rams, they gave up two first-round picks in order to get Matthew Stafford, and they included Jared Goff. So, I mean, that's kind of, I guess it's a steal for the Lions just to get two picks out of their franchise quarterback, but there's an argument to be made that Carson Wentz is, I don't know, I, I guess maybe he isn't better than than Matthew Stafford, but they're probably I mean, maybe in a similar at this point, tier. Maybe, yeah, after this past season, you could say Stafford's better. 
yeah, they're they're in a similar threshold. It's not like any of them, Goff, Wentz, or Stafford, are like leaps and bounds above the other ones. I mean, Stafford probably is the best. Then, based on last year, I'll go Goff, and Wentz comes in third yet there. But in terms of just the value, not giving up a first round pick for somebody that could be your franchise quarterback is is amazing. I mean, it's just it's what you dream of if you're a team. And Carson Wentz comes in to work with Frank Reich the last time they worked together it was far and a, it was by far Wentz's best year in the NFL he had 33 touchdowns that year uh, 11 and 2 record in the 13 starts before getting hurt so you can argue that he really has never been the same since getting injured or you could argue that he's never been the same since Frank Reich left so it's going to be interesting to see how they mesh together once again, you know, under the same roof. I'm sure the reason why the Colts inquired about Wentz was largely because of Frank Reich and their relationship. And they probably want to finish what they started there in Philadelphia. So I think that the fact that those two guys are coming together to work together again, it's, it could be a recipe for success. I mean, the one year that we've seen them together, uh, it's been fantastic. So them coming back together is is really a good thing, I think, for Wentz's career. Yeah, I love this move for the Colts. They're buying low. They did not give up a first runner this year or next year. And they could draft a receiver. Maybe they could build, draft a left tackle this season to fill those holes. And Chris Ballard has shown to be a very good GM at drafting the past couple of years. I mean, he got Quinn Nelson, Darius Leonard, some some key franchise pieces to this Colts team. And comparing this to the Stafford trade, Will, it was... It's crazy how he garnered two first-round picks. Wentz didn't even get one. I mean, yeah, Stafford was better last season, but Carson Wentz is younger than Matthew Stafford. I mean, he hasn't had a better career, I guess, because he hasn't played longer. But I would, I would think he's a more talented player. He just had a bad year with a bad team, and I'm not going to hold that completely against him. And he's going into a great situation this year. I mean, Matthew Stafford was – I don't think he was really close to an MVP award ever, and Wentz – I mean, he pretty much would have won it if he didn't tear his ACL in that 2017 season. So this is a great win for the Colts, not giving up picks. And we'll see how what, what Goff and Stafford do to have their have their trade stacks up. But for now, I'm gonna I'm mean, the Colts are gonna win the trade because they got the best player, obviously. Unless the Eagles draft like a, a Hall of Famer with the second round pick or something, but I, I highly doubt that because they've been bad at drafting recently. And it's crazy they gave up a win so easily to me because Jalen Hurts hasn't even started a full season. He could be really bad for all we know. I know he was very poised and looked talented in his games they played at the end of last year. I mean, I was a fan of him, but he hasn't played a full season yet. Carson Wentz has, we have a big enough sample size. We have five good years of his career, basically, except for that one horrible year this past season. So, but the Eagles, I mean, they just had to clear the cap. And I, with a new coach, New quarterback, I suppose they had to start fresh, but I don't know if I would have moved on from Wentz that that early, but they had to. Yeah, that era, the Doug Peterson Super Bowl era with, with Wentz on the roster and everything, it, it's gone. I mean, they're bringing Jalen Hurts again for a full year, and they just hired a brand-new coach who uh, his, his press conference kind of went viral for just being kind of a mess. So Yeah, he, yeah, was, he was bad. This could be a disaster for the Eagles. This guy who can't speak in a press conference and Jalen Hurts. Joe Douglas is on the Jets. I mean, their entire, basically their hierarchy from front office all the way down to franchise quarterback is completely turned over. So 
it's going to be interesting to see this new era of Philadelphia. In terms of the Colts, they have the 21st pick in this upcoming draft. I'm looking at a mock draft on the ringer right now, and they projected them to draft a, uh, a tackle, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC. So they do need it. We did uh, say they needed to beef up their offensive line to protect Wentz, but they also need some receiver talent. So I guess maybe in the second, or they, they, I guess they gave up their second and third round pick, but they're going to need to bring in somebody to give this team some weapons because they can't just go through an entire regular season with only Pascal and, and Michael Pittman year two as their receiving core. So I think they, uh, they probably need to consider drafting a wide receiver here with the 21st pick, but they do need offensive line help as well. Yeah, the Colts, maybe they could sign a, f- a receiver in free agency, maybe Galladay, Allen Robinson. They should definitely look to do that. I know they have a lot of cap space, but, well, that was pre-Wentz trade, and then he's twenty worth $25 million, so I don't know where, where that's going to be at. But, yeah, they, they really should get another offensive weapon, and it's crazy that they all barely lost to the Bills, and we touted the Bills all season, but they, they barely lost with Phil Rivers and with Carson Wentz. If we get even median Carson Wentz, like average, not even bad Carson Wentz, decent Carson Wentz, maybe they win that game. So I want to ask you, Will, what, where do the Colts stand in the AFC if we get good Carson Wentz? Do we, do we think they're better than the Browns? We'll start off with that. If we get median to good Carson Wentz next season. Um. No, I don't think they're better than the Browns because let's just look at Philip Rivers' season last year. He went 11 and 5 with this team, 24 touchdowns, 11 picks. That's, I don't know if you can ask Carson Wentz in his first year with this team to do better than that. I, I really don't. I mean, Rivers, he had over 4,000 yards. I don't know if you're going to get better stats than that out of Carson Wentz, at least in this season. So, what if he the gets Browns the same were better stats? last year? I think. It's going to be up to Cleveland. I mean, if they just have some sort of meltdown, then then yeah. But I think these stats from Phil Rivers in his last season are on par with what you're going to expect from Carson Wentz in a good year uh, this year. So, no, I don't think they're better than Cleveland, but that doesn't mean they're not a, a competent team in the AFC. What about Pittsburgh? If Big Ben comes back, yeah, are they better than Pittsburgh? Yeah, that's interesting because they just had a meltdown in the second half of the year and – I'm just going to assume Juju Big, might ben be gone. Gonna come, Big Ben is going to come back. So I don't know. Their defense, I, I think their defenses are on par with one another. Uh, Pittsburgh beat them. I remember I was watching that game with my dad. The uh, The Colts went up like 21 to 3 at half, and yeah, Pittsburgh stormed it. all the way back and won. So uh, I think there's an argument for them to be better than Pittsburgh next year, especially as Big Ben keeps getting older. But yeah, it's just a first year, first year with this team for for Wentz. So I don't know. I I think the AFC South is worse. It is with a familiar coach, though. You're right, and the AFC South is, is worse than the AFC North. So you're looking at just those division games. Wentz is going to be going up against rookie Lawrence. He's going to be going up against the Texans with who knows who's going to be on their team. So it really is just them and the Titans again. And the Titans, I mean, they're. They could end up being better than the Titans this year uh, with the team that they put together. So I think that's, if you want to argue against that, I think they could be much better than the Titans uh, next season. Yeah, I, I think they should be better. I mean, Titans don't really have a good defense at all. The Colts have a solid defense. 
And the Colts have been pretty, they've been running pretty good getting quarterbacks. Well, I mean, they drafted Payne Manning. They moved on from him. They got Andrew Luck, unfortunately retired. Ron Phillip Rivers still made the playoffs, of course. And now a quarterback who's viewed as a franchise quarterback for Philadelphia is now in their hands. So they know how to get quarterbacks one way or another. And they're going to be a, a, a really good run organization by Chris Ballard and those guys. They're going to be a good team and a fun team to watch. And I, yeah, they should. I think they'll be about the same, maybe a little better than Pittsburgh. But what about a team like Baltimore or, or Miami? Because Miami, let's say if they don't get Watson, do you, the Colts are probably better than the Dolphins, we have to assume, right? Yeah, I mean, they were better last year, too. Yeah, so I, by I one think game, so. too. Yeah. What about Baltimore? I, I actually think the Colts are probably better. I, I think the Colts' defense is better. I think Jonathan I think Taylor fair. offers a lot. I think he's going to be really talented in his second year. And... Lamar is, I mean, Lamar is obviously better than Carson Wentz, but he had a he had kind of a bad year last year. Lamar off his MVP season, so I think the Colts are better as a team than Baltimore. Yeah, that's fair. And Buffalo, they almost beat them. I mean, they do have the ingredients to beat Buffalo in a playoff game. They almost did it with Phillip Rivers. I'm not saying they're better than the Bills, but I, I mean, they definitely could beat them in a in a playoff game. You never know what could happen in the playoffs. So. And they're not they're not better than the Chiefs, obviously. So yeah, they'll be a uh, they'll win their division, and they'll be a contender. We'll probably we might see them in the AFC Championship game, depending on what we get from Wentz. Yeah, the Colts. I mean, you alluded to it before. They are they're a good franchise. I mean, they had that huge run in the 2000s with Peyton Manning. Then he was gone. 2011, they go two and 14. Then they draft Andrew Luck and make the playoffs for three straight years. Then they have a couple eight and eight years. They go four and twelve. They go ten and six in twenty eighteen and lost in the divisional round. That, that was uh, luck. Se- yeah. And then they had uh, their seven and nine year last year or two years ago with uh, Brissett. And they brought in Phil Rivers limping down the stretch of his career and went eleven and five and made the playoffs. So they know how to get things done with with quarterbacks that aren't necessarily the top of the league, obviously, other than Peyton Manning and, and Andrew Luck. And then, yeah, recent history. I mean, they made the playoffs two out of the last three years with arguably subpar quarterbacks. So if Wentz gives you anything, I think they're going to be right back where they were uh, this year. I'm going to make a prediction. I think he will be a top 10 quarterback this season. I think really? he will have a good season. Yeah, I think he'll be like the 10th best quarterback. And now that I was thinking about it, the Eagles might be the worst team in the NFC East. I mean, if Dak, he's going to be back. I don't think they're better than Dallas. We saw Washington make the playoffs. They might draft a quarterback, and they have a good defense. And the Giants are improving with Joe Judge. So the Eagles are the worst team, I think, in the NFC East now. They're probably, in terms of the arc of their their rebuild and their team, they're probably they're starting off. So they're in last when it comes to they are in last. Yeah, their rebuild. Yeah, they don't they don't necessarily have a franchise quarterback. Uh, it's a rookie head coach. Yeah, you're probably right. They are uh, actually the worst team in the NFC, which is really funny. Yeah, because I thought they would win the division last year. And Chris said he went to win MVP and uh, he had the worst season of his career. So that that took some that didn't take any time to be a bad take. And <laughs> unfortunate for Eagles fans. I feel like they're always predicted to win 10 games and they just don't do it ever. So I'm going to stop trusting them. They're, they're the worst team in this division. Although I like Jalen Hurts for what he's done in like six games. 
See, I feel like you said once it's going to be top 10. I feel like top 10 quarterbacks need like a, at least a, a Pro Bowl level wide receiver option. Like th- okay, this team, well, this team has no weapons. Michael, they have Jonathan Taylor Pittman, and nothing. Michael, Michael Pittman, Pittman, sophomore breakout. Why not? Uh, it's not happening. He has good tight ends. He could throw to Taylor. Well, let's see. Let's think about the top 10 quarterbacks that did they did they all have a Pro Bowl wide receiver? Okay, well, we can't. There's no way we're going to be able to rank them competently. So let's just oh, name no. quarterbacks. Let's just name quarterbacks. So off the top of our heads, we got our our favorite teams. You could the argument could be made that Kirk's not top 10, but I, I think he's 10 to 12 range. Well, so he's he has, better. I would say he's better than Carson Wentz's right now. I have, yeah, I so he has two bona fide great wide receivers on his team. Okay, Russell Wilson has two really good solid wide receivers on his team. Tom Brady has two really good solid wide receivers on his team. Although he doesn't throw to them. Drew Brees last year, probably well, he was top 10 going into the season, and Michael Thomas was one of the best wide receivers in the league up until that point. Um, Deshaun Watson had DeAndre Hopkins for a long time, then lost him. So I guess you could argue that last year yeah, Watson was top 10 without a great wide receiver. Yeah, uh, Aaron Rodgers had Devontae Adams, Mahomes had Tyreek. Yeah, what other quarterbacks were really good last year? Uh, I mean, even Lamar guys like Herbert has, yeah, has none, actually. No, he's not, not a Pro Bowl wide receiver. I mean, even guys like Herbert had good receivers. Herbert had Keenan Allen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Burrow so... has two good guys on his team. Yeah, he had T. Higgins and Boyd. I mean, they're not Yeah, I mean, there's two we're forgetting... Uh, you know, even even quarterbacks that probably aren't top ten. Like I don't know if you could say Big Ben's top ten, but he had Claypool and and Juju, who I guess and Juju had a bad year. But yeah, so I mean, every quarterback within that within the upper echelon echelon of the league, even if they're not top ten, even if it's like top fifteen, they all have at least a number one guy. So I, I at this point in the Colts season, which it's not over, they don't have a top they don't have a top wide receiver. So. I think in order for Wentz to be top 10 and that prediction to come true, they got to sign someone or draft someone that becomes good. I'm going to bank on them doing that, drafting or signing. Michael Pittman could be good, maybe in a sophomore season. It's possible. I mean, Carson Wentz made Greg Ward work in 2019, and these guys they, that came off the street. So, and maybe Hilton. Maybe Hilton has a... Uh, has a has a great year somehow. <laughs> I mean, they're gonna have to resign back. him. I don't know if they want. Yeah, that. yeah. If they get Galladay, then maybe the once can be top ten. I I think he'll be. I I'm gonna. I think he'll be better than Jared Goff this season. And I think he'll have a similar year to Matthew Stafford. But yeah, he's in that ten to twelve range probably. All right. Well, the NFL offseason it it's provided us with a lot to talk about. I mean, more than I remember, at least in this point of the offseason. I mean, we got Deshaun Watson drama. More in this we point, we got Wentz well, being traded, Golf well, and Stafford. I mean, there's a lot going on. We didn't do this show last year during the NFL offseason, so we don't know what it's I like know, at all. Actually, just what I'm just from talking about it with people and paying attention to the news. I feel like this year, yeah, it's, it's offering a lot. A lot of quarterbacks have been traded this offseason. It's sort of becoming like the NBA. And a tweet from Field Yates, which you provided here for us. I, I forgot about this. Yeah, with the trade with Carson Wentz, a single QB drafted from 2009 to 2016 is not on their original team. That's the 0 out of 22. And yeah, like Goff and Wentz were just traded. Yeah, the same um, offseason, the top two picks from 2016 
got turned yeah. over. And Winston was what the first pick that one year. He's he's on the Saints. Mariota's on the Raiders. Ponder was out of the league. Osweiler out of the league. All these quarterbacks, Sam Bradford, Keenum, they're all out. The they're all like Tebow. backups are out of the league. Yeah, Manziel, he's he's playing. Uh, I don't even know where the hell he's at, but Andrew Luck retired. RG 3s on the Ravens. Some others come to mind. Just just really uh, just really bad run of quarterbacks there. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that is hilarious if you exclude. Yeah, I mean, this tweet doesn't include 2017, 18, 19, but if you exclude... That's where all the good quarterbacks came from. All the good, yeah, all, that's where all the good quarterbacks are at. Everything, that that range, 20, 2009 to 2016, really, it was just misses left and right. Yeah, 2017, we had Watson and Mahomes, obviously. Uh, Watson's going to be on a different <laughs> yeah, Hall team. Of fame, but, Hall of Fame class. Yeah, Hall of Fame class. Uh, Trubisky stinks, but whatever. 2018, we had Lamar... MVP Baker, who's pretty good. Josh Allen, obviously, with the Bills. Those are some of the better quarterbacks in the league. 2019, we had Kyler. Darnold, Darnold and Rosen are misses, so we can't we can't yeah. just include. We can't forget that. No, no, we can't. But, hey, three for five is pretty good, actually, in a first round. Yeah. 2019, Kyler, we know what he is. He's good. Daniel Jones, still a question mark. So, uh, Haskins is not good. He was He's on the Steelers now. He, that's a miss and 2020 burrow and herbert we think they're gonna be really good and herbert was already showing to be one of the better quarterbacks in the league in his first season to uh he's still a question mark up in the air but yeah the quarterbacks the last three years have been pretty damn good actually coming out of college which is impressive after all those misses from 09 to 16 all right well getting into some mlb offseason news fernando tatis Signed a 14-year, $340 million contract with the Padres. The Padres finally signed one of their young, talented players. Tatis is becoming one of the faces of baseball. I mean, last year, he was one of the more popular players. His jersey sales were near the top of the league. And he's just one of those players that has a personality. I mean, he has, he has the look for it. His hair is unique. He celebrates. He hits grand slams and breaks the unwritten rules of the sport. So... He's he's one of the the young I rising about stars. The unwritten, I forgot about the unwritten rule of the sport. I know, remember you can't that? swing on a grand slam. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. So, Tatis, he's going to be in San Diego for his whole career. I mean, fourteen years from now, I guess his career won't be over. But you'd have to think uh, his best seasons will obviously take place within that window. And there were a lot of tweets yesterday. Uh, Noah, we were talking about it. How Ronald Acuna. He signed whatever, like a like an eight year, hundred million dollar contract uh, in I the think past offseason. Uh, it was ten years something. I, don't no, even I think, think it, it was, I think it was eight million. for a hundred. Eight for a hundred. Really? Twelve and a half that per year. If Thomas was and, here, he could tell us. And Tatis gets fourteen for three forty the year after, and they're I mean they're probably on the same plane when it comes. Yeah, to Yeah, eight years, so. eight years, one hundred for Acuna. So yeah. he got scammed. But it's a good bargain yeah, for that, the Braves. You got to probably fire your agent after that if uh, you see what's going on in San Diego. A poor franchise. The Padres, they're notorious for not giving out big contracts. And they just gave. But they gave one out to Machado and Tatis. Yeah, and Machado. So they're making moves over there. Um, yeah, so Acuna, I thought, I thought that was hilarious. He's got to fire his agent now. Like Christian Wood. 
uh, was like, whoa, you're giving me 30 million. No, I want 40 million. Give me a new contract. He saw that Mason Plumley and all those other guys got more. He's like, what? I'm better than those guys. Give me more money. And the Rockets. Yeah, he earned uh, it too. Uh, yeah, they, uh, a comp- they gave his needs. Okay, so, I mean, Tatis is good, but he hasn't even played a full season. I don't know how you could sign him for 14 years already. It's kind of crazy. I know he's really good and he's a future star in baseball. But we don't know what's going to happen down the road necessarily. I mean, he could be bad next year for all we know. I mean, I don't think he is. That's a very low chance. He'll be a great player. It's a good deal for the Padres in that sense. But I, I just love how everyone loves it because it's the Padres and nobody, if the Mets or Yankees did this, they were getting slandered, I think. The New York media, it's just mm. no one bats an eye that the Padres did this under the radar. That's just my opinion. If the Mets gave Pete Alonso 10 years, after his 50 home run season, every everybody would be like, no, what? No way. Why'd you do that? He's not even eligible for arbitration yet. Blah blah blah. The Mets are stupid. But since the Padres and they have five fans, nobody bats an eye. Yeah, I mean that is bizarre. He finished fourth in the MVP voting last year, but it was a 60 game year. And just looking at that sample size, I mean, he played in his rookie year. He got injured. He was obviously a rising star. Everybody knew that he was going to be you know, one of the more talented young players in baseball. And then they came back in one of the most bizarre seasons in the history of the sport and had a great season as a team. And the Padres, I mean, I guess they've been, they've been trading and spending left and right, but recently, but Tatis, he plays 59 games last year, finishes fourth in the MVP voting hits 277 with uh, 17 home runs. But you do bring up a decent point after these two years, I mean, he technically he hasn't even played a, a full season in the grand scheme of a regular baseball year, and you've already given him a 14-year deal, which is pretty insane. Like, I do wonder. It makes total sense for the players. I understand it completely from a player standpoint, but why yeah. do these teams insist on know. giving their players 10-year contracts? Like, I just I kind of don't understand that in baseball because you look in basketball... I mean, there's obviously a cap. It's a very different situation in terms of signing, but nobody. I mean, LeBron literally designs in his contracts for it to not be longer than like two years anywhere, just because he gets that gives him a lot of freedom and power to do things. And I'm sure the teams like it because they give him 30 million for one year per season, and then they can restructure it however they want. And LeBron's a strange case because he never gets injured and he's just the most consistent player of all time, but. If you're a franchise and you're giving hundreds of million dollars to a player, you should want the deal to be as short as possible because you want to be able to get rid of them if they become bad or get a career-ending injury or just anything bizarre that can happen. I mean, we've seen it with just here in New York, especially with the Yankees and even with the Mets. They signed, you know, David Wright for whatever, eight years. And towards the end of that contract, he's making the most money he's ever made and he's not even playing. Or yeah, with Cespedes, he's not even playing. A-Rod, not like basically Suspended. awful. Um, who else on the Yankees has been abysmal at the end of their deals? Ellsbury, who... That, oh, I yeah, mean, I forgot about that. That's not, not as big that's not, of a contract, yeah. but he was playing on the team for like two years and not even the team would just bench him. I mean, they wouldn't even want him in. So I don't understand how these teams continue to give out 10 to 12-year, 14-year deals um, especially Mike in this Trout. case, the, the player hasn't even played 160 games. I mean, how could uh, how could you do that? 
the Braves did it and it worked out for them. They, I, I just found this out. They signed Acuna to that stupid deal at the beginning of well, a few days before the 2019 season, which is the second season. At that time, he played only 111 games. But in 2019, it paid dividends 41 home runs, 101 RBIs, 37 well, that's, steals, that, that's 280 batting because- average. Basically, if he hit 250, that's a bargain. Twelve and a half million per year for that type of oh, player. Oh no, I is... know. I'm saying that like it, it's it's good for like both sides because Acuna actually produced too. Yeah, but maybe he's punching the air now to seeing Tatis get this deal, and not exactly. as much money. Just, he, he got double his money, Tatis. I'm just thinking there's so much that could happen over the course of 14 seasons, and you yeah, haven't even I don't... seen this player play one complete year. So yeah, I don't really understand could... it. Yeah, he could have a career-ending injury in a few years, and they got to pay him all those all that money. It's it's completely different than a free agent acquisition. Like Machado, we know he's a he's a perennial All Star, and same with Mike Trout and Bryce Harper. We know we know what they are. We don't necessarily know what Tatis or Acuna are going to be. Although Acuna is really good, he's I mean he's clearly a better player than Tatis right now. And I can even argue that there's other young players that haven't gotten this contract yet that are better than Tatis than Tatis so just just really interesting situation who just off the top of your head would you say that's a young player is better than Tatis maybe Juan Soto okay (laughs) fair uh one maybe one because Juan Soto uh 2019 110 RBIs 34 home runs 280 batting average some other players, I don't know. Uh, Eloy, I mean, Eloy Jimenez is not better than Tatis, but he could he could potentially be better. I mean, there's that's just the first two guys that come to my mind. I mean, I could mm-hmm. even say Pete Alonso if if the sixty game season like obviously didn't happen, or if he was good in it, I could say he would he'd be better than Tatis because he had fifty home runs in a season already. We haven't seen that from Tatis or Acuna yet. I, I mean, he's not a, a complete the- player like Tatis, but you know what I mean. Something that goes into this deal that we got to consider is just the, the clout, the clout factor. Tatis has more clout. I mean, maybe Soto has more, but he has more than Pete Alonso. He has more than Eloy Jimenez for sure. He might even have more clout than Acuna. So, yeah. Also, Vlad the, Jr. is another good young player that came to the He's going to bring mind. tickets. He's going to bring jersey sales. He, he is going to. I guess they're paying him three hundred forty million, but he's going to bring in money for that franchise, and that's they probably considered that when they when signing it. They're like, "Look, we're just going to lock down this player who has you know uh, top top five clout in the MLB right now." But good for the Padres. I mean, they got the deal done. Now they have Tatis and Machado locked up for the next decade. They have their pitching staff sorted out. They are a bona fide contender this season, and I'm scared. This is the, the one of the best teams in the NL. The NL has a lot of great teams: the Dodgers, the Padres, and the Braves. So it's it's going to be a tough year for the Mets advancing in the postseason if they make it. This is a TCR special report. Now reporting, Randy Arozina. This guy is a fraud. When the clock struck six, it meant one thing. Like, what's the point of snow? Cleveland, this is for you. Woman empowerment. Shout out to them. Now, from the ESPN New York News Desk, here's Noah Levine. I love this kid. What? Welcome back. TCR, or should I say NCR, the Noah Culture Report. (laughs) Thomas is sick. 
He's not here, so I have to give. It's gonna be the Noah Culture Report and start it off. I hate snow, and oh snow is back. Aggressive. This is my culture Sorry. report. I could I could speak how I want now. Like, what's the point of snow? And I have to go <laughs> shovel after the show. Really unfortunate. Yeah, the the snow. It has it has not wavered at all since whatever episode sixty seven uh, or sixty six when you said what's the point of snow it's back now what is the point uh, of snow yeah and unfortunately for texas and the south they've this is like their largest snowstorm in like over a century or something so you said it snows in texas you are the person who ruined texas for a week <laughs> yeah i was right we were talking about and, uh, if, if you missed the beginning of that show that Noah hates snow. He wants to move to warm climate like Florida or Texas. And I said it probably snows in Texas kind of more often than you would think. And now nah, uh, no. they, I'm st- they brought in <laughs> some of the worst snow in the history of the state. So I'm sorry, Texas. Um, I, I guess I jinxed it. Yeah, I guess I'll have to move somewhere even closer to the equator so I can completely avoid snow. I'm just trying to think. Mexico. Are- yeah, what's what countries are really close to the equator that I can think I of? Know, Africa, we could go somewhere no, there. What is what about Brazil? Yeah. All right, maybe Brazil. I I, I don't know. I don't know where I would rather live, Brazil or Mexico. That's a uh, probably Brazil. Actually, Brazil might be better than really? Mexico. I don't know. Mexico, Mexico. I don't know. I'm neither of us have ever been, but I mean, I mean, it's nice. A lot of people go on vacation to places in Mexico, and I don't really know anybody that goes to places in Brazil. I mean, you you go to the Amazon rainforest, I guess. Yeah, I mean, maybe it would be better. I mean, Rio is a nice city, I think. Is it? I, I thought mean, it was like the a top, Olympics. I thought it was like oh, a top maybe, 50 crime city. Oh, uh, well, I mean, Mexico is like a top 50 crime country. Maybe that <laughs> is it. I think, I think there's a lot of crime that goes on there. I'm gonna look up. A, let's see what's near. What is near the equator? I'm looking at a globe right now. Uh, all right. Well, like it's pretty much ch- Africa chopped in half. The bottom of the equator is like South Africa, and countries down there. And that's a little too far. And that's probably a little too hot for me too, since uh, I don't like 100 degree weather either. So okay, maybe I'll have to pick next. Don't uh, don't quote my sources here, but this is. The 2021 World Crime Index. Can you guess where Brazil ranks on the World Crime Index? Top five. Uh, it is 10th in the world. Okay. It is It is right behind Syria at nine. Uh, there's some other South American countries here in the top 10. And then Mexico. Can you guess where Mexico ranks? Like the 100th. I don't know. It, well, that's uh, you're optimistic. It's 37th. So <laughs> Mexico is objectively, or I guess, I mean, I don't know. This is just some, some source. It is, it is safer than South America and safer than Brazil. Um, but it is right, still in the top right. 50. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to pick either of them. I'm going to go take my talents to Argentina. It's, it's right below the equator. It's below Brazil. It seems like a nice country. I mean, my guy, Manu Ginobili liked it a lot. And he's from there. So, and Scola. I mean, I you're a fan of Scola. He's from Argentina. Chile is below the equator. Um, I heard Chile is a nice country. Uh, it's probably nicer than Brazil, actually. I'll, I'll have to pick one of those countries to flood. Yeah, Mexico. Mexico's 37th on the crime index. Well, the United States is 56th. So 
I guess uh, the United States or maybe, is, is in the top 60 in terms of crime. It, apparently, Myanmar, so apparently Myanmar is safer. Lebanon is safer. But there's like bombs uh, going off there a lot. I don't know. I guess. Wait, I what's know, Myanmar? I, don't know. I guess maybe the severity of crime in, in Myanmar is worse than in the, the United States. But the United States has more. I don't know well, you have to they, think uh, about how many people there are in the U.S. All these big cities, there's crime going on every day. Like Lebanon, like how many people even live there? Probably not even like five million. I don't know. It's a small country, right? I'm looking. Lebanon population is okay. It's six point eight million. So that's like New Jersey's population, basically. It's no bigger than New <laughs> yeah, Jersey in terms of people. And can there's guess, a lot of crime. Can you guess in Jersey, the safest uh, country in the world according to this? I, I mean, you probably can. Is it an island? Or, is it an island or a real country? What it's a real they're all what what are you what are you talking about? I, I know, but like is the country an island? I don't think so. Can I can I guess what continent what, it's you in were gonna first? guess what? Are you gonna guess Australia? Uh no, I, I was not actually I was gonna guess somewhere in Asia. Like it, an it's island a peninsula. It's a peninsula. Is it Sri Lanka or Taiwan? Taiwan is number two. So you're actually pretty wow, close. Okay. That's pretty good. I don't know what is number one. Tell me, Qatar is number one. Oh, that is that's right next to Saudi Arabia or uh, Omar. It's right next to Omar. What? Oh, wait, Omar. Wait, that's not the name Oman? of the country. What's I think that? it's Oman because Oman. Oman. Omar. Oman is yeah. Oman is number four, and the UAE is number three. So I guess the Middle East they get a bad rap, bro. They're they're in the, they're dominating the top five. Well, Qatar to... is nice. They have uh they have Dubai, but that's a city. Is that a country? I don't know. I forgot everything about the Middle East. Yeah, Qatar and Oman. I remember when we had those map quizzes in history, our Mrs. Baji, our teacher, Qatar and Oman, QO, remember that at the bottom there, below Saudi Arabia. So that's how I remembered. Uh, I said Omar, though, not Oman the first time. <laughs> yeah, Yemen but, is uh, by there, the the uh, the BO2 map. <laughs> that is a competitive map. Neil, if you're listening, he loves playing on that map. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... The equator, yeah, I'm not going anywhere to South Africa. Um, yeah, Australia, Sri Lanka are like right on the equator. Well, well, Australia's a little below, but I might go to Argentina. Argentina or Australia. They speak English in Australia. Might be interesting. The Kid Leroy hit me up when I go there. <laughs> All right, well, moving on from uh, that on NCR, the snow is uh, detrimental to my health. And... <laughs> So we the NBA All-Star game is confirmed. It got confirmed. There's a dunk contest at the half, which is that's really weird now I think about it. So there's I mean, like an hour like, break in between. That's it's really gonna be hours long. and hours of entertainment, basically. I mean, I think the event starts at five o'clock and goes the game starts at eight. So it's three hours before the game, and then you get the dunk contest at the half. It's gonna be like Wait, six what's before hours. the game. Oh, the three point and skills. Uh when is the date for all this? March 7th. All right. So we're getting to that before March Madness. So we're getting, it's going to be a basketball frenzy month in March, it looks like here. And they have the same 20 point finish as last year. And I, I honestly forgot what that is. So can you tell me about that? See, this is NCR. I'm supposed to just be here chilling. But, but, but hey, you gotta, you gotta, um, you gotta help me out because this is Thomas's plan and I'm just reading his, uh, his stuff. Cut me some slack. 
last year, I mean, you should remember, it was the greatest all-star game of all time. I mean, they had... I, I didn't to... even watch a second of it. <laughs> you... What? What? I never watched a second... I never watched the all-star game. You should know that. Right, well, you're obligated this year because of the show. Um, oh, no, I will. Quarter. I will this year. But uh, last year... I was at school and I still want to stream it on my laptop. Like I didn't, I don't, I didn't have a TV last year. But now, where I'm living, we have a TV and we're all probably gonna sit down and watch it at the same time. The people I live with, so yeah, I'll be obligated to watch it now. Going to the fourth quarter, they take whatever the score, or I don't, I don't even know if if it's the whole quarter, maybe just the second half of it. But they take whatever the score is, and they add 24 points to that uh, for Kobe, I guess. Um, and then there's really no point in doing that. And then the teams have to compete to get to they uh, they assign a a score to get to. So if the team one of the teams is winning 100 to 98, 124 would be the score to get to. Whatever team gets there first is the winner. And there's no clock, so it just takes it just constant play all the way up until yeah. Uh, I know about the no clock. And it was That's interesting. I mean it was fantastic. It was the best finish in the history of the All Star game last year. AD, I think he whatever he closed it out on a free throw or something, which was kind of oh, lame, that's not but... the best finish. Then yeah, it'd be quiet. Yeah, I mean, it was nuts. It was like LeBron was taking like half quarters for the win. Like I don't know, it was it, re- rewatch it. It was great. Trust me. I I'm I'm not gonna rewatch it. But uh, how how long do you think Knicks games would last if if there was a target score in the Knicks <laughs> game? Like let's say 120, their games end always like 100 to 90. Would we be watching a three and a half hour basketball game if if there was a target score for the Knicks and other teams? Yeah, they would they would take that rule out. They would pull the MLB and be like, "Look, we got to make the game shorter." Uh, yeah, but could you imagine? Could you imagine if basketball was just like that? That they would just pick a score to get to, and you'd have to get there. Like that'd be. What crazy. if any sport was like that? Like, what if football was like thirty five or something, and like baseball, it's like five runs. I don't know. Like the game could end in the first inning if you score five runs. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, that'd be funny. But basketball target score, I guess it makes sense for the All Star game. But like teams score one twenty with like eight minutes left in the fourth, like not the Knicks, like the high scoring teams in the NBA. So they would end the game early. Julius Randle, if there was a target score, everybody's stats instantly go way up. If the target score is one twenty. Julius Randle might be averaging twenty eight, fourteen, and seven or something. Well, yeah, if every if every team had to score one twenty, like everybody's stats would be would be crazy except for the nets they would go down because they score 140 when they need to apparently with kd harden and Kyrie, and they give up 147 so who do you think is going to compete in the in the dunk contest this year yeah we should actually make predictions for the all-star stuff we should do uh, that we should do that for a show we should uh dedicate all that yeah yeah no well because it's it's on, it's on a friday right yeah we uh we could definitely put that out before that the game happens I don't know. Uh, Zach Levine's going to want revenge. Maybe he'll be in it. Uh, I would like to see Toppin. Could Toppin get into it? Top, yeah. I mean, there have been been worse players that have been in the dunk contest. Uh, I mean, he definitely has the bounce for it. So that'd be fun. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like in recent history, it's just been all the kind of the same people. Derek and Jones. Didn't he win? Yeah, he won once. Um Miles Bridges competed. John Collins competed once. Dennis Smith. Bridges probably will be in it. Or two years ago. John Wall. Could John Wall return to it? Uh, he won it in 2014. Oh, no. Remember He's when probably, he had his knees? Yeah. He's probably dead at this point. 
three-point contest who we put in that dame curry um julius randall could julius randall could julius randall do it at 41 from three he's he, he deserves a chance bradley beal maybe would be in it um yeah we'll have to find out what the field is and then make our predictions of course yeah so but, uh, but, i mean we've always said it the skills competition is the most underrated and best competition and i feel like the bigs the bigs versus the guards idea has made it so fun i remember that uh, the three point or the skills what'd you the say skills for Zingas oh yeah i like the skills one at once Jokic, Jokic is gonna be in it obviously um maybe sabonis well, bam, bam won it uh last yeah, year yeah sabonis should be in it this year maybe bam um yeah, just good centers. Cat is actually alive. Maybe he'll be in it. He's got good skills. Yeah, definitely going to be a fun All-Star weekend in March to take us to into March Madness, which we will talk about a lot. I've been following College of a little bit more. I know you have uh, radio after the game. Yeah, I'll be on it on Saturday, tomorrow. So uh, some other NCR stuff that Thomas wrote down. It is Nikola Jokic's birthday. I I mean, so let's let's give him a nice birthday cake uh, over there. He he lost to the Wizards last night. It's his birthday um, today. Apparently, uh, I don't know how old he is. I'm gonna have to look that up real quick. He is Happy birthday to Jokic. He is 26 years old, and that's the same age as Julius Randle. And Julius Randle's Julius better than him. Julius Randle. <laughs> and uh, okay, so. Andrew Cuomo is being a clown and threatening people. I don't know what that sentence means. I don't know. So we're gonna Thomas. Di- we're gonna, we're gonna disregard <laughs> I that. I think we should just wrap up the show at this point. Wait, 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 wait. The last thing written down: a new TV show, Married at First Sight. I think I want to save that. I want to hear Thomas's input on that. So maybe we should save that for next time. That's a funny thing for TCR on Tuesday. All right. Well, this has been episode sixty-nine of the Bonafide Scrubs podcast. I can't believe we made it all the way. Here we're going to be at 70 next week. Another, the second edition ever of TCR. Thomas isn't even here for his own show. It's NCR. So yeah, I don't know. We got our producer. He's got to step his game up and not get Corona after we hire him. Uh, yeah, come on. That... He's, he's, he's been here for what? Two shows and <laughs> missed one. He's, he's, he's 67% here. I have not missed a show. I'm going to be the, the Eli Manning of this show. All right, well, we appreciate you listening. Leave a rating and review on Apple, please. Uh, we've been going up and up, further and further up the charts, folks. So please keep rating us with uh, giving us great reviews. You can follow us on Instagram at the Bonafide Scrubs with content every day from these episodes. And uh, hopefully we'll, we will be back to the three-man vehicle next week. And we'll have a sponsorship for NCR. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Go by. Peace.